0: Thank <laughs> you. Hello and welcome to Japanatron. My name is Dave Pavlina, and Japanatron is a podcast all about life in Japan and Japanese culture. Whew, getting fast at that. It, it, it kind of sounds almost like the Micro Machines guy. Do you remember that guy? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? All right, today's topic is a personal story. It's storytelling time on Japanatron, once again. And really, the only thing that makes this about Japan is the fact that I live in Japan and that this happened in Japan, so there are some cultural things along the way, what happened to me. Uh, Long story short, let's let's jump right in, shall we? (laughs) I had a little bit, not a little bit, a fairly serious medical emergency situation recently. And what happened... Let, let's let's start. Let's set the scenario here. So this was on a Friday, okay. Everybody loves Friday, right? Happy Friday. And I had scheduled my annual health check on this particular Friday. In Japan, you are required if you usually work in some normal company. There probably are some exceptions, but for the most part, you work in a company every year you gotta get a health check, a physical, and the company covers it, blah, blah, blah. It's their whole socialist medicine thing. Now, what I like to do is I always like to schedule this on a Friday afternoon. And the idea here is to do it as late as possible in the afternoon that the clinic offers. And it's around like 1.30 or so. By the time I finish hmm, there's like an hour and a half, maybe two hours left in the workday, why go back to work, right? Just, you know, by the time you get back to the office from the clinic, the workday is essentially over, right? So I schedule it late on a Friday, as late as possible, and then just sort of call it a day. And my office doesn't seem to have a problem with this, so far. I don't really bring it up, but do I go back to work after a late afternoon health check? No, I do not. Okay. Am I a lazy American? Possibly. Yeah, you can you can accuse me of whatever, but fine. So, okay, I go to my health check on a Friday afternoon. Now, I've had the same health check for several years now. So I was used to the whole rigmarole. So no problem, I go through this. Now, of course, I don't eat all day. You're supposed to fast, right? It's a physical. That's the way it is. So I hadn't eaten, and I will get back to these little factors because they all added up to, I think, combine and uh, cause my medical emergency situation that happened soon after this. I only was drinking water all day, so I, you know, I go to the I go to the health check. I get my blood test and. The thing always builds up to the barium test, and if anyone knows the barium test, oh, nobody likes this thing. You drink this chalky shake, this barium shake, really heavy, chalky thing. And it's got this kind of soda in it that makes you want to burp, but they tell you you can't burp. And they take this stomach x-ray, and it's like, it's putting you upside down, and, you know, it's shaking you all over the place, and it's a big pain in the ass. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's not a very pleasant test. Now, I had done this several, times, several years before, many times, so this was probably about my fifth time, so I was not new to this experience. However, after the barium test... Okay, so they give you laxatives after the barium to pass the barium. For some reason after the barium test, a few uh, I, I just felt nauseous. Not extremely nauseous, nauseous in the sense that I didn't have an appetite. Normally, after the after the health check, I will eat a large lunch because I've been starving myself all day. I have quite an appetite, right? for some reason this year, after the barium, I just did not have an appetite. And this was kind of a bummer, because across the street from the clinic, believe it or not, is a McDonald's. <laughs> now, it seems kind of funny to gorge on a Big Mac super meal after a physical. However, here's my argument on this. I've been starving myself all day. I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat lunch. <laughs> so I'm having a late lunch now. Why not? Why can't I have a 3,000-calorie <laughs> Big Mac meal, right? With a shake and all that. However, this year was different. It was unique. I I tried to eat. I got some, like, soy joy, you know, those little, like, granola bar things. I, I just could not eat. So I went shopping instead. I just walked around Akiba, Akihabara. It was getting around time to go home, and I was feeling a more nauseous, kind of dizzy. Almost like I was like kind of like gagging, like like ugh. like just like the need to throw up. And I had to take it real slow going home. I was going because this was around rush hour. So it was pretty much stand standing room only on the train. So I was standing and the You know, the shaking of the train, the motion of the train was getting me even more nauseous, and I did not want to chuck on the train. Very embarrassing. So I would get off of the station, sit down, maybe drink something, take it easy, and then give myself a few minutes, and then the next train or so comes around, get up on that one. One station over, Take, get off again. So I was just doing this, this station-by-station thing. I really wanted to sit. However, as as a white guy, well, white doesn't really have anything to do with it, but as a guy, I'm not old. I, I can't, like, ask an old person to give up their seat for me or a pregnant woman. Hey, pregnant woman, I don't feel so well. Can you give up your seat for me? So I, I can't ask someone to give up their seat for me, right? I, I was not going to do that. And a side note also, I'm always very... um very sensitive about what Japanese people think about foreigners, and I don't want to be the foreigner that chucks on the train or is an asshole and asks the pregnant woman to give up their seat. You know, not that our image is really all that great, it's not <laughs> It's not all that great of an image, but I, I don't want to ruin even it even further. So I'm sitting, you know, taking it easy station by station, and I was really considering getting a taxi. I was like, man, should I just taxi it all the way home? that would just you know that would take you know i was just maybe i should just get a taxi to a hospital how bad is this so i was feeling kind of nauseous the problem with the taxi was i'd be stuck i'd be sitting in the taxi and if the motion of the taxi was getting me sick I would probably chuck in the taxi, and it's not easy to get out of a taxi, whereas with the train, I'm like, oh, just a few more seconds, I'm at the next station, and I can get out at the station, the motion stops, and I can, I can do it station by station like that. A taxi, I'm stuck. And I wasn't about to ruin, again, the image of the foreigner. I didn't want to be the foreigner that's going to chuck in this guy's, this taxi driver's taxi, you know, because they are pretty clean. So the other thing is, it was a summer day, so I was sweating, and it was hot. That wasn't helping either, and this was making my nausea even worse. So I was, really my thought was I got some stomach bug from the physical, probably the barium, some bad batch of barium, who knows? It took away my appetite, and now I was nauseous, and I was trying, you know, I was drinking some sports drinks, drinking water. Trying to stay hydrated because I know that when you get a stomach bug, you get the diarrhea, you get the nausea, and you got to stay hydrated. Okay, so I was making that a priority. Finally, I got home. I got to my station. The walk back home was actually not too bad. I took it easy and the walk was fine. What was really making me more nauseous was the, the motion of the train. So finally, when I was at my home station, that was over. I finally got home. Okay, and it was not getting any better. As you might have guessed, I was still nauseous. I hadn't thrown up yet, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I I had diarrhea, I had no appetite, and I was not in a good, uh, not in good condition. Amazingly, I went to bed. Fell asleep, woke up maybe around 2.33 in the morning. Still very nauseous, getting worse, sweating, dizzy, I'm trying to stay hydrated. I give those soy joy bars another shot. Just cannot eat them. And I... This was probably around maybe 5, 6 a.m. Probably around 6 a.m. Saturday morning. Okay. I'm just hanging out by the toilet. Liquids coming out of me. Still hadn't really thrown up. I walk over to the clinic that is literally like right next to my house. It's like a one or two minute walk. I knew they weren't open, of course, but I wanted to look to see what time they did open because I'm like, man, I need something. Uh, this is killing me. I need some help. And they open at nine. So I got maybe around three hours left. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to make this three hours to kill. The fuck am I going to do? So I'm just hanging out in the toilet room, just sort of sitting down on the floor. And I'm sort of dry heaving, which is hell on earth. As anyone who's dry heaved can attest to. and you're you're just you're just like kind of chucking, you're vomiting, but nothing's coming up. and you're just sort of like choking and gagging. and it's just a horrible experience. I'm sweating. I got like a bottle of sports drink I think I had gotten some water. I don't remember what it was. and I'm trying to drink, trying to stay hydrated. And I have my head like on the toilet seat, kind of like off to the side Uh, because it it sort of supported me, and it felt good, because I felt so dizzy. This is the last thing I remember. This is Saturday morning. And I'm not kidding. This is the last thing I remember is putting my head on the toilet. I open my eyes, and I'm in a hospital room. I'm in a hospital bed. And I'm like, where the fuck? What the fuck? It was like a time warp. I don't know what the fuck happened. Next thing I remember, I'm, I'm in the hospital. I'm tied down. I have some sort of tie around me, this big uh, white strap wrapped around me. It's, it's kind of tight. I have these mittens on that prevent me from using my fingers. I have, there's tubes and wires everywhere. There's a tube in my nose, there's wire, those suction cup things all over my chest there's maybe two IVs, I got needles in my arm, I don't know what's going on, there's that monitor thing, you know, beep, beep, I'm like, what the hell, where am I? I, um, I have a diaper on, (laughs) I'm wearing a diaper, I got a tube on my dick, you know, a catheter, I'm sort of taking stock of, so I figure out I'm in a hospital, okay, uh I, I sort of touch my face. That's when I realize I had the mittens on and I could feel that I have like a beard. I'm like, "What? I look at my shirt and it's not the shirt I remember wearing. It's like a different shirt. So I'm kind of wearing different clothes as far as I can tell. A nurse comes over and sees that I'm awake and she says, "Oh, you're awake." And she's like, "Do you know where you are?" And she says it in Japanese. And this, I, I'm in bad shape. Okay, I don't have to tell you twice. <laughs> I'm, I'm in bad shape. And let's just say, when you're in really bad shape like this, your, your, your second language skills kind of go out the window. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember Japanese. I can understand what she's asking me. And I, I say in English, hospital. And I'm like, "Biong." And she's like, she's like, that's right. I remember exactly what she was saying. It, it was pretty obvious I'm in the hospital, so it wasn't, it wasn't too difficult to guess that one. And then she says, "Do you know what day it is? 何曜日ですか?" And I said, "Doyobi, Saturday." And she said, "違います, Tuesday." And I, I said in English, "Tuesday." And she sort of, like, laughed. She held back a laugh. I don't think she spoke much English, but she knew the word Tuesday. And just the way I was being very gaijin about it, like, very expressive, Tuesday, I think it just made her laugh, because it was a very, uh, for lack of a better term, a very gaijin way to say it. I was literally unconscious three days. I lost three days of life. I do not know what happened. I felt like Rip Van Winkle. (sighs) I had a beard. Apparently, so in these three days, I'm relying on what my wife, my daughter, the nurses, the doctors at the hospital tell me about what I did. I was on autopilot, I was not unconscious the entire three days. I did wake up on occasion, according to them. However, I have zero memories of any of this. According to my wife, we talked on Monday. I really have almost no memories of Monday. There's a few, like a dream, that you're really struggling to remember. You, you can't really remember this dream. It's f- pretty much lost, for all intents and purposes. And you're just really struggling to remember this dream, and I cannot remember it. And, I mean, Saturday, Sunday, those are totally gone. Monday, I have these, like, weird visions. People tell me, I did this, I said this and that, and I just have to believe it. And it's weird. It's like I I, I take their word for it, and I sort of fill it in. It's a dream you can't remember, and... It's scary. I I lost three days of my life or just missing. Here's what happened, according to the stories I heard from other people, to fill in the three days. (laughs) Because now we're at Tuesday already. Saturday morning around 6 a.m., that's the last part I remember. According to my wife, 7 a.m., She heard like a yell and then a loud thump on the wood floor right by the toilet room. I don't remember yelling, but apparently I did. Again, autopilot. Like, ah, and then that's it. She came over to see what what the fuck's going on on Saturday morning. Now, fortunately for me, I got lucky a lot, of, a lot of respects. This was Saturday at 7 a.m., not 2 a.m. If this had happened at 2 a.m., she'd have been fast asleep. My wife is a pretty heavy sleeper, and I could have been unconscious on the floor for hours. But she found me fairly quickly, because she heard this yell and this thump, because it was 7 a.m. She wasn't, like, in a, in a very, very deep sleep, of course. She came over, and I'm out. Like, Mike Tyson punch-out, knocked out. <laughs> little mac had a bad time had a hard time i'm completely unconscious she slaps me wake up wake up wake up nothing i'm breathing heart beating but i am out drunk (laughs) i don't know totally unconscious she calls 119 which is 911 in japan as many know a ambulance okay ambulance comes Bunch of paramed—I have no memory of this, of course. Paramedics come, knee, 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 knee. Ambulance, whole thing. They got the stretcher. They slap me again. They try to revive me. Dajobadeska, Uh No, I'm out. According to my wife, I'm totally unconscious. I'm sort of shaking at times, and she said, literally, I'm extremely tight. You are so tight. Every muscle was just contracted, super tight. I also had <laughs> embarrassingly had wet my pants. <laughs> I, I of course don't remember that. I I wet my pants. Fortunately I did not soil myself. That I'm I'm happy about. I wet my pants though. Not responding at all. Paramedics are like Dijoba this guy, Dijoba this guy. I have a pulse, my heart's beating and I'm breathing. They didn't know what the hell it was, so they put me on the stretcher and they take me to the hospital. Of course don't remember any of this. According to the doctors, I'm having seizures. I wake up at times, and I'm, I'm saying stuff like, where am I? Where am I? I don't belong here. I don't remember any of this. No memory of any of this. I, once again, autopilot. This is creepy, man. I didn't even know this stuff could happen. They, they said they had to sedate me which probably explains why I was out so long. They had to keep me sedated because I was having seizures. And that's also explains why they had to tie me down and they had to put those special mittens on me. They had some like equipment that was for crazy people. (laughs) They were busting out the crazy people. Now I was really embarrassed about this because, (laughs) like I said earlier in this podcast, I'm very sensitive about the image of the foreigner (laughs) and this is not helping crazy seizures and them having to sedate me and tie me down here tie him down according to my wife the doctor said it took like five people to hold me down and tie me down (laughs) no memory of any of this they told me later i was a different person (laughs) very embarrassing now you're probably wondering what the hell was it (laughs) right maybe that's the question on your mind what the hell was it? Now in true David fashion, it's not something simple like a heart attack or a stroke. <laughs> nothing easily explained, nothing common that everyone is familiar with. No. The condition is known as and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly because I'm not a very smart man. It's called hyponatremia. I hope I pronounced that right. In Japan in Japanese it's te natorium keshō which literally translates, I like the Japanese because hyponatremia doesn't tell you much, because what is that, Latin, Greek, I don't know. But in the Japanese version, the, the kanji tells you, te means low, natrium means sodium, kesho means blood. Low, sodium, blood. And that's exactly what hyponatremia is. In your blood, you have sodium, which is an extremely, apparently, I learned this, Extremely important electrolyte, and the normal level is 135 to 145. And in certain circumstances, this condition is common amongst um, marathon runners. You're running a marathon, you don't really eat much, you're drinking a lot of water, you're drinking too much water, you sweat a lot, and you lose your sodium in your blood. And you don't replace it. Maybe you don't drink. This is why they say you should drink. You should actually eat while you're doing a, a marathon, and you should uh, importantly also drink sports drinks like Gatorade in ja- in Japan. And, you know stuff like Pocari Sweat, Aquarius, blah blah blah. Um, so all those things on Friday, apparently, this is my guess, and this is the doctor's guess, had combined not eating. The health check with the barium that made me nauseous, maybe the laxatives. I was drinking water, not eating. I didn't eat after the health check. And I thought I had, uh, I was sweating because it was hot that day when I was shopping. And the fact, especially the fact I think that I did not eat after the health check. I think that really screwed me over. That was the, that was the major thing that was different about this year was the nausea after the barium and not eating after the health check. All of that combined. And it was a fairly severe case, as you might have guessed. Normally, well, a mild case of hyponatremia is you don't pass out. (laughs) And you don't pass out, you don't faint and are unconscious for three days. In a severe case, anything severe is considered anything lower than 120 of a, a sodium level in your blood of 120. 135 to 145 is normal. One, anything below 120 is severe. My level in the hospital when I was admitted to the hospital was 117, which is an emergency room, immediate medical attention situation. <laughs> That's what it was. So on Tuesday, I was, I was, going, I was fortunately getting back to normal. I have memories of Tuesday, and I was responding, I was conscious, and I remember Tuesday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I do not remember. I was in the ICU all those days, and I don't remember pretty much any of it. Monday, a few weird memories. I I have these really embarrassing memories. I remember people kept telling me I kept asking to raise the bed, and I kind of have memories of that. The nurses were saying, yeah, you kept asking to raise up the bed. <laughs> and I kind of have memories of that. <laughs> I also remember having to use the restroom. And they said I couldn't because I had all these tubes and wires. And they said I had to just go in the diaper. And I had to poo. I had to shit. <laughs> and I wasn't too happy to, about this. But I had to just shit in a diaper. And God bless nurses, and medical caregivers, I have newfound respect for them uh, because this nurse, you know, she had to she had to clean me like a baby. <laughs> really embarrassed about that, but that's the hospital. <sighs> Fuck. Okay, so Tuesday, my Japanese skills are slowly returning to me, and like I said, it is real difficult to speak a second second language when you're in a condition like this. <laughs> It's hard enough when you're in normal condition, you know, (laughs) but when you're in this kind of condition... I mean, not that it really mattered much. I was unconscious for the first three days. So, oddly enough, also, another cultural thing, this was an international hospital. And oddly enough, (laughs) most doctors and staff did not speak English. Now, I'm not going to be a dick about this, because this is Japan... And I, I really want to avoid being the pretentious American. Oh, I'm American. You must speak English with me. I'm an important American. You have to speak English. I demand I demand English service wherever I go because I'm American. <laughs> no, I don't really want to do this. Uh, my Japanese is not perfect. It's intermediate level or so. But I'm happy with it in, in the sense that I don't have to... Uh, Rely on English. I I can usually communicate if it's a one-on-one situation. If I'm surrounded by native speakers chattering amongst themselves, yes, I can get lost very easily. But it, like in the case of a doctor or nurse speaking directly to me, I can I can survive, and that was slowly coming back to me on Tuesday. So that was kind of helpful. Uh, so I don't really know, but I I really don't know what was international about the hospital. Maybe the name. Well, the fact that actually it was an international hospital in the sense that it was, it was founded by, by Americans, I believe. Um, but besides that, uh, there wasn't much international about it. <laughs> Except me. I was sort of the lab experiment, maybe. So I was trying to be on my best behavior, speaking Japanese, and I was getting back to my old, my old genki self. Okay, so on Tuesday, I was transferred to a normal hospital room. And I was wheelchaired over, and they gave me a CAT scan. And this made me nervous. Why are you giving me a CAT scan? Well, one of the major side effects of severe hyponatremia is brain damage, which explains why I had no memories for the last three days. <laughs> and one of the scariest things is when you pass out, the pressure from lacking sodium in your blood, being overhydrated, or whatnot, or having an electrolyte imbalance like that, that's severe, is it can cause brain damage. And this is the scary part. So they do a CAT scan to, to, uh, to check for brain damage. Now, I, like I said, I'm not a very smart man, so this was really fucking scaring me because, you know, I, I can't afford to lose any more brain cells. <laughs> okay, so I'm transferred to this hospital room and I'm waiting on the CAT scan results. It's a very, very nice room. I was impressed. God bless you, Japan, and your healthcare system. Not that the U.S. has shitty health has shitty healthcare or shitty hospital rooms. If you listen to the episode I did on healthcare, I talk about the experience with my daughter getting very ill in the U.S. and she was hospitalized for two nights. Uh, so there's not really much difference there, but the, the room was very, very nice. It was, however, boring. I really only had my uh, iPhone. Okay, which is fine. Fair enough. I, I don't want <laughs> to dwell, dive into this like first world problems. Oh, I'm so bored. I only have an iPhone. <laughs> you know, other people in other places in the world have it far worse than this. Okay, I was getting top notch healthcare. Fine, it it was boring. Another thing to note, which is a big difference between uh, what my daughter had in the U.S. versus me in Japan in the hospital, was the food was fucking amazing. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh my god. My daughter's food in the States was pretty crappy. It was around, like, airline food quality, but the, the Japan food, wow. Man, it just goes to show, yes, Japan is a food-loving it's a foodie culture. I've talked about this a lot before. And I have complained about this. You know, on the TV, they never shut up about the, about the food. But my God, they really pride themselves on their food. And it doesn't matter if you're in a hospital or an airplane or whatever. They really, really take their food seriously. They, they take it very seriously. And this hospital food was amazing. I was like, damn. <laughs> you don't expect much, you know? You're like, oh, hospital food, you know, how good can it be? You know, it's not, there's not like a gourmet chef back there making it, or is there? I don't know, man. Wow. God damn, Japan. <laughs> well done, dude. Another thing that was very Japanese, this is kind of a small thing, little side note, is they always told me, press the call button if you need anything, and I'm always hesitant to do that. It's kind of like on an airplane, you know, the, the call button, I'm like, ah. Uh. I don't want to bother him and I'm like, man, I don't want to be the foreigner that keeps pressing that goddamn call button. But there were some times when the situation demanded that I call I press the call button. You know, it was there's something I had I needed them for. And when you press the call button, it plays like music. You hear it out in the hallway where the nurse station is. Like doo 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 And you hear this going over and over again playing over and over again, because, you know, other people in this ward are pressing the button. And this is a very Japanese theme, that, that it's not one of those major ones, it's sort of one of these ones I forget about, but it's there. When the school bells in the neighborhood ring, they don't just buzz. I remember growing up in the States, that's what it was, it was just a buzz, like a fire alarm. A very, it was cacophony, and that's all it is. It's just a buzzing, ringing symbol, sig- signal. In Japan, they always mix music into it. I don't know, some kind of classical music or something. And you hear this a lot in train stations, schools, buses, hospitals. And the nurse call button was was no exception. It played this like classical music, t- Tony thing. And yeah, it's very Japanese, it's cute, and yeah, not only are they a food-loving culture, but they're a music-loving culture. They're very, very into music, especially classical music. They have, they pride themselves on their classical music scene, and they build it into their their nurse call buttons and, and their signals and whatnot, so you hear this a lot when you visit Japan. And it's not one of those things you really notice right away, maybe, it's it's kind of there in the background, but but look for it, and and you'll see it, it's there it's kind of interesting. Like I said, I have a newfound respect for nurses. I was in the hospital. uh, Like I said, I was admitted on a Saturday morning. And then I finally I was transferred to a normal room on Tuesday. And I finally left this hospital on Friday, uh, early afternoon. And man, I have new respect for them. And, And at times, this whole team came in, I felt very special. And I didn't know if they did this for everybody or if it was just because I was a foreigner. <laughs> they're like, hey, we got this zoo animal in our ward. Hey, check this guy out. He's he's a white dude. <laughs> we got this experiment, you know. Hey, everybody, gather together. Let's check this guy out. I don't know. I felt a little self-conscious, you know. And because, you know, they're all native speakers, of course, and they sort of gang up on me. Like, how are you doing? And I'm like, ah, oh, genki, genki desu, arigatou gozaimasu. And, you I didn't really know what to say. I, I felt very special, though. And I hope to God that, yes, they do that for everybody in the hospital. Because when my daughter was in the U.S. hospital, yes, they they, they did that, too. They, the, sort of the whole team came in and checked in on you. So I'm, I'm hoping that's just an everyday hospital thing. <laughs> and that it wasn't just because I'm a foreigner. Most of the week in when I was recovering in this normal hospital room... And fortunately I was getting you know I was getting back to normal still kind of dizzy a little bit and whatnot I had still had an IV so I was walking around I fortunately I didn't have to wear like a hospital gown I was sort of in my pajamas but wherever I went I had this IV hanging off me on this cart and I had to sort of push it around I felt very much like an old person and the highlight of my day was asking the nurse if I could go down to the like the gift shop and buy some drinks. <laughs> This was the highlight of my day. We went in the elevator together, and the nurses had to escort me anywhere and everywhere. Other than that, it was kind of like prison. I had to stay in that hospital room because of the IV. And I also had this monitor thing that was checking my blood oxygen level. For some reason, that was really important. So they're checking my heart rate and my blood oxygen level. They also were taking a lot of blood tests to check how my sodium level was recovering. Now, the thing, the reason why I had to be in the hospital so long, a full week, was they can't just dump a whole bunch of sodium into your blood. They have to restore it very, very gradually. And at first I thought, a week? Because they said, you're going to be here till Friday. I'm like, oh my god. And I thought, man, is that a Japan thing? Because in the US, they'd probably just give me like a, a salt lick, <laughs> some salt tablets, you know, here, suck on these Alka-Sausers and get out of here. I don't know. And, and send me home. And I thought, oh man, you Japanese, you guys are always fail on the side of safety, making, making me stay here for a week. I don't need to stay here a week. I didn't say that of course, but apparently, and I don't know, I didn't have a U.S. doctor to ask about this. Maybe I should. My uh, dad's cousin, who I consider my uncle, is a, a doctor. I should ask him, but uh, according to the Japanese doctors at the hospital, they had to restore it very gradually, and that's why I had to be there for a whole week. I had to be on an IV for a whole week. So I was just surfing the web on my iPhone, reading Wikipedia about the hyponatremia, this whole thing, learning about it, catching up on work emails, whatnot, you know, emailing coworkers about, about it. And finally, I got through the week and I was discharged on a Friday. And I think about this, I think about this a lot. I have a fairly prominent scar. Uh, I had some scars that fortunately sort of healed from all the needles that were poked in me. Oh, another side note, the CAT scan came back normal. (laughs) Thank God. Because I, I I really can't deal with brain damage. Hey, welcome to Japanatron. Uh, so I, I think about this a lot. I had never heard of hyponatremia. and I have this scar from where when I was in the ICU, and there's a fairly large needle stuck in my wrist. I don't know what that was, but I think. Um, According to, to my wife and I think the doctor told me too, they were feeding me this way for the three days I was unconscious. Uh, there was a needle pretty big ass one stuck in my wrist of all places, and I have a scar there and that has not healed. And I look at I look at it and I think about this a lot. It really had a profound impact on me. I mean, what if I I I unfortunately, and you might have gathered this from other episodes, and I'm working on this, I'm sorry, I can be cynical at times, and I'm sorry about that, but I often have a very cynical impression of society and whatnot. I, I walk to and from work in a very, very large city, and large cities suffer from that kind of coldness that... Antipathy for your fellow human being. In the morning and evening rush hours, it's just everyone's face is buried in a smartphone chasing Pokemon. Someone could be hurt or almost die or whatnot, and everyone's just fucking... or getting robbed or raped or whatever, and everyone's just fucking trying to find Pokemon. And... um. I don't know, I look at this scar on my wrist, I think about this whole incident and how lucky I got. And I hate to be cynical about it, but what if I was somewhere else when I collapsed? What if I didn't make it home? What if I was at the train station and I collapsed? Hopefully a JR staff would've called an ambulance, I don't know. What if I was on the street and just collapsed. They think, oh, drunk foreigner. <laughs> Let him sleep it off. And I collapsed. I don't know. Would, it, would anyone even notice? Would someone look up from their phone, stop fucking playing Pokemon Go and help? I don't know. I hate to say it, I have a very cynical view living in this big city. And this is not a Tokyo thing. I've said this before. It's a big city thing. It's just that big city coldness, and that's really what I miss the most about living in the countryside, was there was this kind of warmth of living in a smaller town. Uh, You feel closer to other people because they're more of your neighbor. There's fewer people. You see these same people more and more often every day, whereas in such a big city of 13.5 million, you don't remember the same faces, you don't see the same people, and it just builds this sort of, brews this sort of coldness. And, I don't know, I got very lucky, I was at home, uh, my wife was there, she heard me fall and yell, and she called an ambulance. What if I was home alone? Uh, what if I was on the street? This could have gone... Many different ways. What if I lived alone? I don't know. What if I wasn't married? According to the doctors, this requires immediate medical attention. It can be death. Which scares the shit out of me because it's... I'm not that old. I just had my health check and, believe it or not, interesting side note, I got my health check results back later and it was totally normal. (laughs) You believe that shit? I'd never heard of this situation. And oh my God, it's just one of those things that puts you face to face with your own mortality. And uh, it's extra different, extra unique, and a little bit extra scary when you're in a foreign country. And you're surrounded with a second language. And I realized, goddamn, I got to keep studying Japanese. I have made a lot of progress, which I am proud of. I'm not as bad as other people I know. Uh, thank God. I can actually kind of communicate. I mean, like I said, in this case, it didn't make much of a difference because I was totally fucking unconscious. But thank God I had that Japanese health insurance card in my wallet, which I keep with me at all times. Another thing, I, a change I've made is the big the hospital I, I stayed at. Um, I now keep the card for that hospital in my wallet now. I, I didn't before. I, I used to just keep the, the National Health Insurance card, which is the more important one, of course. Uh, so if if there's anything you want to keep in your wallet, keep that. I'm telling you, do not leave that at home. Keep that with you at all times in your wallet, okay? There's my tip of the day for life in Japan. Do not leave your home without your health insurance card. If you have some weird health emergency and you collapse on the street, they can look in your wallet and they'll find your Japanese health insurance card and you'll get taken care of. Okay, not that they're just going to leave you to die if you don't have it, but it certainly helps. <laughs> okay, and you need you need help in situations like these. So yeah, uh, it could have gone over a lot differently. If I was just unconscious at home alone, would I have woken up? I don't know what would have happened. With that sodium level, how long would I have been unconscious? Would I have survived? Would I have woken up of my own my own will and been able to press an emergency button or called 119? Or would I have not shown up to work on Monday and co-workers f- f- check in on me? I don't know. Whew, scary, scary stuff. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm trying to keep this light and fluffy, but it's not going so well. Uh, last thing. So, uh, I relax over the weekend. Like I said, I'm discharged on a Friday. I relax over the weekend, and I'm fairly back together, uh, on Monday. I have a follow-up appointment, which goes well. Everything's looking normal again. But, goddamn, that's scary. And, uh, shit. I mean, lesson learned. Eat. (laughs) Don't starve yourself and don't drink too much water. I mean, what, what the fuck? Going forward, that's how I avoid this. But Jesus, who knew? <laughs> yes, you could almost die by not eating, having some crappy barium and uh, and drinking too much water. Wow. Be careful. Um, so I uh, I have a morning appointment on a Monday and then I go to work. I decide to do a half day at work to try to I uh, get uh, back into the groove, adjust, readjust back to work. So I walk back into work. And it's, you know, it's one of these things I kind of don't look forward to. You know, you've been in the hospital for a week, and most of the your immediate coworkers, the ones you're closest with, like HR and stuff, that know what had happened. I had emailed HR, of course, and told them what was going on, and you know, kept them uh, informed on the situation. So the office manager, the HR manager, they come up to me. They're like, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm telling the story. And I'm like, yeah, I'm conscious three days, man. Three days of life. Rip Van Winkle. Scary shit. Who knew? Um, so uh, I got very good at telling the story. Let me put it that way. And a lot of people ask me, man, are you okay? You know, and people kind of keep in back from me. Like, is he all right? <laughs> what happened to this guy? You know, in my arms, my arms look like I was a heroin addict. <laughs> They're all like needled up from all the blood tests and whatnot. So it was kind of embarrassing. And you know, I was taking it easy, and, and people, fortunately, were were giving me some space. You know, they had known what happened. Of course, though, you can't just inform and broadcast to the whole office. Uh, There was not, I don't think there was no mass email sent to the whole office just saying what had happened to me, I guess, to protect my privacy. So (laughs) it was kind of funny. (laughs) So a lot of, a lot of coworkers obviously did not know where I had been for that week. And they assumed, which is a fair assumption, that I had been on vacation. So I'm in the break room and a coworker comes up to me and says, um, so how was your holiday? Did you go back to the states? I sort of laugh and I'm like, "No, um I wasn't on a holiday. Uh I was actually in the hospital for a whole week." And they're like, "Oh my god. <laughs> really? You all right, man?" <laughs> you know. So there was a lot of um there was a lot of that you okay, man type of talk. Uh, so there's a lot of that which yeah you got to adjust. <laughs> so, so I got very good at telling the story and, uh, it, it, sort of helped me. It actually did help me telling the story to coworkers and, and them getting their, their sympathies and their feedback and whatnot. And, and their, you know, their thoughts and it helped me, um, it helped me adjust back to work. It helped me cope with these thoughts And these fears, like I said, when I was just, I I keep thinking about it, it just keeps popping up in my mind. And that's a major reason I made this podcast was I think talking about and telling the story has helped me uh, cope with it and maybe deal with it. But yeah, I mean, I go to bed at night sometimes and my dreams just sort of waver into this this sort of thought. Like, man, that was almost death. (laughs) and uh yeah i mean when the when the doctor told me you know i don't want to scare you but this was a a severe case and it required immediate medical attention and you got lucky the fact that someone your wife in this case called called the ambulance for you uh because (laughs) uh if it didn't go down so well it might not have ended. It might not have ended as as well for you. Um, wow. But I don't know. I I don't know. I I guess what I'm saying is, uh, take your uh, health insurance card with you. Don't drink too much water if you do a marathon. Eat, eat good meals. Think about your health a lot, because health health is the most valuable thing and uh yeah love your neighbor (laughs) because you might rely on your neighbor uh to uh the one playing pokemon on the train you might rely on some stranger to uh call the ambulance for you someday um well with that note i don't know i don't know how else to end this on a happy note (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) But I hope you enjoyed my story, and I don't know. Maybe you have, maybe you have a uh, an experience with hyponatremia too. Please let me know. I'd love to. I'd love to share. Maybe I should start like a uh, support group. <laughs> Victims of hyponatremia in Japan. dot <laughs> com. <laughs> Some kind of forum. We can we can discuss about our our cases with hyponatremia in Japan. There's your word of the day. All right, take it easy, man. Eat eat a good meal. Watch your sodium level, you know? And it's it's funny, uh, my parents were telling me, uh, how could you have low sodium in Japan? I mean, if anything, Japanese food is known for being so goddamn salty, with the soy sauce, the fish, the ramen... You name it, they load their food with salt and they do. And how the fuck did that happen? I mean, yes, I do drink too much water, I admit, it, but I don't know. Maybe now I should keep like a, a bottle of soy sauce next to me and, and chug that. I have been making some changes and uh, drinking sports drinks a lot more often. That is really what the uh, doctor told me. You know, instead of chugging water all the time, Mix in some sport drinks, because that'll help you a lot with the uh, electrolyte levels. So there's my other advice. Uh, sports drinks. Sports drinks. da Pokari Sweat and Aquarius. Yeah, sponsored by. <laughs> hey, hey, Aquarius and Pokari Sweat, get in touch with me. Uh, maybe I could become your, uh, maybe you could become my sponsor. All right. Take it easy, man. You know, watch your health. Don't get uh, hyponatremia. Take it easy out there. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, You know, you could follow me uh, on my website, japanatron.com. That'll take you to the podcast section of my main site, which is mondaiji.com. And I got all my links there, the Twitter, the, the YouTube, the iTunes, all that stuff. All right, take it easy. Toodles.